This is the podcast of Theophilus Church. For more information, visit our website at theophiluschurch.com. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you join me in reading the creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Megan, thank you so much for that. I just want to affirm a word that you gave up there, just that the spirit of peace is truly uh, in this room. And I just want to give us a charge to be recipients and open to that peace that is present among us. So I hope that you feel it. And if you don't, I charge you, I just encourage you to linger and to invite the spirit to rest on you because he is here working among us. I have a couple quick announcements, and then I get to introduce our speaker for tonight, which I'm really excited about. 
This Friday night, um, there's going to be a ladies' night that uh, Asena and Lahela are organizing. Lahela was the reader tonight, so if you want to get involved and have more questions for her, please talk to her afterwards. It's this Friday night. It's going to be in Selwood, a time to gather, hang out, get to know some other women. It's at 8 p.m., this Friday night um, in Selwood. So please join that. Also next week, there is going to be a Christmas party here uh, during our time for our meal. So we are doing like a Hawaiian theme thing, you know, bringing in the Caribbean to the summer. So please bring your best Hawaiian shirt. You will not be as good as mine, but um, do your best. Uh, that's going to be next week at 6.30 right here in this space. So please come and join for that. Just over a month ago, um, I just want to give a, a quick update. Just over a month ago, I gave an announcement that this church space, the church that owns this building, is actively in the process of selling this space, or they're trying to sell this space. Um, they haven't done so yet, um, and uh, there's no signs that it's in the works too. So we don't know when we are going to be out um, for all intents and purposes. It's probably several months, uh, could be as, as long as six months out. Um, but we as leadership have begun the process of asking our district and others uh, in this community to look around and to be open to potential options for us moving forward. I just wanted to touch, circle back around and touch, uh, touch on it that there's nothing that is uh, fully in the works yet. We do have some options that are beginning to surface and we're beginning the, prime, the preliminary discussions with some leaders on, on what that can look. So I just invite you to be praying over this process as we are putting our hands up to God, um, inviting him to to guide us into this next season uh, in the life of our church. So please be in prayer for that. And as soon as we have anything concrete that we can decide on together as a community, we'll be sure to bring that to you. Tonight, we have the privilege of hearing uh, from one of our own, Jonathan Matthews. Jonathan has interned here at Theophilus um, for uh, about a year and a half um, prior to becoming a father for the first time this summer. Jonathan and Megan just had their first baby, Roman, who is the cutest little thing going. Um, he is finishing his seminary this month uh, at Western Seminary. Is just such a brilliant mind and just calming, wonderful presence in this community. And he's going to read from the second, uh, he's going to teach from the second week of Advent this week out of the Romans passage. I also do want to draw your attention to this uh, wonderful drawing done by Abby Chaden this week. This comes from the lectionary reading this week in Matthew. You see it on your, on your bench. Uh, I want you to, to encourage you to come afterwards to linger here, to read the scripture that goes along with it and meditate on that. But please join me in welcoming Jonathan Matthews. Thank you. Good evening, Theophilus. Uh, let's start with some prayer. God, uh, thank you for creating us. Thank you for sustaining us. Uh, thank you for bringing this community together. And as we look in anticipation for your son, we also anticipate uh, the great things that you are doing in our community. Uh, thank you, Jesus, uh, for being the life for us. 
You give us life through your death, burial, and resurrection. We are made new. We hope in you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus, for our strength. And Holy Spirit, the comforter, we, we thank you that you are here tonight, that you give us peace, that you give us hope, that you are our strength. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So, I love Christmas. Does anyone else like Christmas in the room? Okay, okay, so I'm not alone. I know it's not really a unique take. I'm not like, you know, you know, hot takes or whatever, but I like Christmas. I remember growing up, man, we had a lot of traditions in my family, probably too many traditions. Um, Meg and my wife would say so. Uh, but we had so many traditions. We would go get a real tree. I'm on team real tree. I understand the argument for having a fake tree, sustainability, but that's like aluminum and other things in it. And so we would get a real tree. We would cut off the stump. We would write our names on it. We'd put the year every single year. I remember we have stumps back to like the nineties, yo. And we had all these traditions. And so suffice to say, I love Christmas. And so just a couple, what was it, two weeks ago was Thanksgiving. I was so excited about Christmas that I went and bought the first Christmas present for my wife, Megan. And she really wanted a big plant, not a small plant, not a succulent, which we somehow still kill succulents. Uh, but a big plant. So I went and I got like this like three and a half, four foot tall plant. I don't know what it is. Uh, the person was like, get this plant. I said, my wife will like it. And so I went and got this plant. This thing is not small. This is pretty big. And I brought it home. And then I, I encountered the question, how am I going to keep this secret until Christmas Day, which is like three weeks out. And so what I started to do is I would take my plant I would put it into the back of my closet during the day, cover it up with a coat to make sure my wife would really not see it. And then during the day, I would bring it back out. I would water it. I would let it get some light. And I'm not a master gardener, but something tells me that's not a good idea. So I would do that. I would do it day after day after day. And then one day, Megan showed up early from work for her lunch. So she walked in. And she said, cool plant. Like, what's the plant for? And what did I say, Megan? I said, oh, no. I said, I said uh, I'm plant watching for a neighbor. <laughs> Do you think she bought it? No, she didn't. I was like, Merry Christmas. And she was happy that she was getting a plant. But it helps me because I don't have to keep doing this thing over and over where I put this plant into the closet and then bring the plant back out and like be really secretive about it. I love surprises, but I'm happy that's off my chest. My Christmas, you know, surprise was spoiled. But suffice to say, I love Christmas. I know that for some, Christmas is not a happy season. and others, maybe it is a happy season. If you would indulge me, if you'd like to close your eyes or just think, think about your living room. Maybe you have a fire, or maybe you're like me and I have a Chromecast, so I throw up a fire onto the TV. 
Maybe uh, you are in your living room reading a book. Maybe you're on your iPad. Maybe you hear the faint sounds of perfectly behaved children. Maybe it's warm. What do you feel in your living room? Is it safe? Does it feel like home? Okay, now open your eyes. Now think about Christ. Think about the person of Christ. Did you think of maybe just attributes? Or did you think about your experiences with him? I think the beauty of a living room is that you live in it. And I think sometimes with Christ, I mean for me sometimes, I leave the living in the living room and just think of attributes of Christ. The hope of Jesus is more than just a list of attributes. Now, there's some darn good attributes of Jesus. He is loving. He is sacrificial. If you want to get theological, you can talk about him giving, imputing righteousness on us. There's a lot of awesome attributes of Jesus. But I think sometimes we need to allow ourselves to be consumed by the hope of Jesus rather than listing off in our hearts just some attributes. Jesus is our hope. As we sang earlier, he gives us hope. He's the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God manifest in his personhood. And the people of Jesus, that is us, that is the universal church, should hope in Jesus to live in him, breathe in him, and live out the hope that we have. As we are in this Advent season, waiting, anticipating for the Messiah, Jesus, we ought to not only be reminded of like these attributes of Jesus, great attributes as they are, but be consumed and meditate on the hope that has been given to his people. We live in a culture, right, that um, is not consumed by hope. All you need to do is go to work, go to school, go to the store, look online, and see that our culture is not consumed by hope. It's, it's, it's not a uh, significant thing I'm pointing out. But our culture is consumed by anxiety and negativity. If you open up social media, if you do that type of thing, or read the reviews on Yelp or Amazon or listen to a podcast or walk down Burnside, it becomes evident that the world is in need of hope. According to the WHO, today anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting around 40 million adults, almost one in five. And this is more than like a normal level of anxiety. Like what I felt before I walked up on this stage, a little bit of anxiety, right? But we 
exist in a culture of anxiety and negativity. And even in, the, in these holiday seasons, anxiety consumes. Many try to remedy this with consumerism. We are in need of a sustainable and trustworthy hope. And we live in this already, not yet, um, kingdom reality where through the life, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he ushered in the kingdom of God, right? The peace of God that we sung about before. The reality that we could hope that Jesus would come and he came and he, and he showers his love and his hope on us. But we have not experienced the full reign of God's kingdom just yet. That will be fulfilled at his eventual return. This is our hope that we see looking back that Christ has come and ushered in his goodness, his reign of hope. But we sit here, right? We sit in this place looking forward, knowing that he will come again. He will make all things new again. And we can hope in that. For those that have placed their faith in the life, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus, we have abundant hope. And this hope is not only for us, but is to serve one another and to profess this hope of the Messiah through our life. As we seek to be people of hope, uh, let's open up to Romans 15, if you have a Bible or your app. Uh, I've been talking about technology a lot. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so let's open up to Romans 15, which we just heard a minute ago. Romans 15. So I'm going to recite this scripture again. I hope it doesn't feel redundant. Uh, but this time, I invite you to listen for what the Spirit of God is speaking to you from this text, written by the Apostle Paul to a persecuted church, needing to know that there is, there is a reason for all this. There is a hope that uh, they could cling on to. So Romans 15, starting in verse 1, as before, going through verse 13. I'm reading from the ESV, if that's all right with y'all. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who are reproached, you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, 
that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even he who arises to the rule of the Gentiles in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. For those that place their faith in Jesus, in his resurrection, we have abundant hope. In verse 4, we can see where it says, for whatever was written in the former days was written for the instruction and through endurance, through the encouragement of Scripture, we might hope. We can see in this verse that there was a tradition of hope that wasn't only revealed in the time of Jesus, but was revealed throughout the whole Old Testament and was made complete in Christ the Apostle Paul, the, the writer of the letter, right? He's exhorting the people of Rome to be encouraged and to have endurance. The word endurance is actually a word that the Apostle Paul used all throughout this book. In verse 5, which is my favorite chapter in the Bible. In verse 8, second favorite chapter in the Bible. Uh, he uses this word and, and it and, and it's because the people of Rome were severely persecuted, were in the midst of suffering, as some of us may be tonight. And he was encouraging that suffering produces endurance and patience. It seems that the people of Rome are in, are in need of a reminder that their persecution is not in vain and that the hope of Christ is not a new reality but has been laid out throughout the tradition of the Hebrew Bible. And potentially these people in Rome were asking this question that sometimes we ask sometime, uh, in our own day. Who is this Messiah? Is this, for them, the same Messiah that was foretold in the Old Testament? And I think for us, we need to be reminded of like, who is this King Jesus that we worship? I mean, we listen or we recite the Apostles' Creed each week so we can understand, okay, this is God. But I think if we only list off the attributes of Jesus in our mind, we don't allow the Spirit of God to interact with our spirit and give us hope. So who is this Messiah? This passage uh, in, sorry, uh, verses 9 through 12 
it gives us part of the answer, right? It goes on to talk about how Jesus is the Messiah, not only to the exclusive group of the Hebrew people, but to all people, the Gentiles, right? Which is, most of us are Gentiles in the room, right? We are non-Jews, so that's hope for me at least. And he says that, uh, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he's referencing an Old Testament uh, uh, scripture. And rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. The hope of Jesus is a hope for all people. The Messiah is for all those that believe. And, and, this, and this word Messiah literally means king, right? And is reference to the deliverer of the people of God. Uh, Paul is referencing key Hebrew scriptures in this passage, uh, in Psalms and Deuteronomy. In Psalms 18.49, it says, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, as Paul references. And Deuteronomy 32.43 says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And then Psalms 117 is the last one, or second last that's referenced, and it says, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all people extol him. It is clear that the hope of Jesus, the Messiah, is not only a hope for the Jewish people, but is a message of hope for all. We all have this hope. <clears throat> all those that we encounter are potential recipients of this hope. When I think about, uh, and this is maybe a little bit, 30 seconds of confession time, right? So when I think of, like I said, walking down Burnside, we live right off Burnside in the Alphabet District, and I think about just being in that place and getting cut off, and I came out to my car and there was a dent on the side of my car, and I was like, who would just drive away? And I like, I know Christ died for that person, but I don't really want to feel like Christ died for that person. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know Christ died for all, but did Christ die for my enemies? He kind of talks a lot about that in, the, uh, in Scripture. So maybe this is just a reminder for me. Maybe it's a reminder for you. We can know that Christ, the hope of the Messiah is for all, sometimes we need to know it, you know? That, that the, the message of Jesus is for all. No matter if they're on your political party or not, no matter if they like your same podcasts or not, or they read your same books or not, those all people are potential recipients of the message of the Messiah, and then finally in this passage, uh, Paul references a really, really key metaphor uh, of the, the foretold Messiah that would come to the Jewish people. He references the root of Jesse. So that's Isaiah 11, where that comes from. And it says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will rise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. And some of you uh, probably have interacted with this and others, maybe it's the first time, but it's, it's really a metaphor 
for this messianic hope that the people of God had. Uh, Jesse was the father of David and is used to reference the hope of a, for a righteous king for the people of God. If you have ever explored the Old Testament, I'm sure most of us have or many of us has. that's a lot of bad kings, right? There's a lot of really, really bad kings in Scripture. And so what this is referencing is that from the line of David, right, from the line of this righteous king that was brought out of nothing to rule the people of God, there would be a Messiah that would be even greater than David. And the Hebrew people would be like, greater than David? There's no such thing, right? But, but what this metaphor is, is it's really interesting. It's, it's, um, the word is root, or it could be like um, a twig or a branch or some type of life is coming out of a stump, right? So life is coming out of death. And so the hope for the Hebrew people is that there was a leader that was coming that they could actually believe in, actually hope in. What was said is that with this reign of this new ruler, that the wolf would lie down with the lamb. And that's imagery to show that, like, that's a contrast. You know, a, a wolf would never lie down with the lamb. It makes me think of, uh, has anyone seen those, like, videos with, like, I don't know, like a leopard and, like, a monkey playing? You know what I'm talking about? And it's, like, super cute, and they're, like, both babies, and, like, the monkey has a little diaper on. Uh, and it's super cute, right? But, like, in the wild, so in the time of, the, like, this wasn't modern times. They were looking at, they're like, a wolf would never lie down with the lamb. That's the point. That in the reign of this Messiah, peace will be achieved. Peace will be achieved. The goodness of God will, will overflow into the land, which we have experienced in part with the coming of Jesus, and we will experience fully at the end of the age. So the Messiah, he, he is the deliverer for the people of God who ushers in the perfect reign of this God. He brings in peace and righteousness. And we experience pockets of this sometimes in God's grace. Tonight, I felt the genuine peace of God as the Spirit was, was in this room but like, I don't feel it sometimes when I get cut off with that same person, you know? Maybe I do. Maybe I need to pray more. This last week, I went and visited a couple um, in, a, in, a, in an adult um, care facility. This couple, um, healthy, ate all the greens, more greens than I eat exercised regularly, and, and I went and visited them because the wife, she was diagnosed about a year and a half ago with a neurological disorder. And now today, um, she can't speak. She can barely, you know, move her hands. And my heart wept meeting with them, seeing that, like, if only the reign and rule of God was here just, just presently, 
man, like, I, w- I would want to see this husband and wife being able to communicate, and they still can. But what this shows is that, like, we are still in a waiting season, guys. What they said to me, and they're, they're, they're faithful followers of Jesus, is that they said, uh, we hope in the future reign of God. And I kind of was stumped with like trying to give them good theological answers because um, they didn't need theology. Um, but they said, we believe in hope in the future reign of God, but that does not always make our experience any easier. Does that resonate with you maybe? That we know that the reign of God has come but we can only experience it in short pockets until this future um, reign where there's peace, where there's wholeness, where there's goodness. Throughout the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul is laying out just a good theology of, of Jesus Christ uh, so that the people of Rome like, knew what he, what he was talking about before he arrived. And, and he encouraged them with the love and the hope of King Jesus. And here in 15, he is encouraging the people of Rome to prove and practice their hope. And I think that is what, through my preparation this sermon, the Holy Spirit has just been really speaking to me. You know, like, yes, we live in an anxious we live in a negative society and like, I want some hope, but I think sometimes I, I grasp at hope for me to just, I mean, feel a little bit better. And that's okay to grasp at hope to feel better. I think the Holy Spirit wants to come and bring peace to our mind, bring peace to our heart. But what this scripture is teaching me is that the hope of the Messiah isn't just for me. Like, how should we wait? How should we wait? What are we called to do as we wait? In the first three verses of Romans 15, Paul says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up, for Christ did not please himself. So we got four things going on right here. Number one, Apostle Paul is encouraging us to, those who are strong, to bear with one another, to not please ourselves, to build each other up, and to accept. We're encouraged to bear with one another, which literally means to take the burden off one another. And that's a beautiful thing about our specific community. Since Megan and I were able to come to this community, we felt such an embrace. You know, when we had uh, Roman, we had some amazing meals. That's bearing the burden, right? That, that we would give meals to one another. That we help financially in the community our church does, that we, we help each other, that, that we can actually like um, not be siloed, 
but actually have genuine community. So number one is to bear with one another, which literally means like, I'm gonna take on some things of yours so that we can continue to follow King Jesus. Next, we are commanded to not please ourselves, which I think is poignant for our culture. Man, we're a culture of constant pleasure-seeking. Whatever it is, Netflix, all the things. And I'm not against seeking those things. I like to watch movies. I'm a movie buff. But here, the Apostle Paul is saying, in Christian community, to, ser- to not serve ourselves. In this way, we do not seek to only contribute to our own well-being, but the well-being of our community of Christ. Sec- or third, I was going to give us a second. Um, we also encur- he also encouraged the people of God to build each other up rather than deconstruct, once again, as our culture does. Um, I remember, so at my day job, I, I have to oversee, I, I don't have to, I get to see you know, a staff, oversee a staff. Um, but I have one staff member that is just always negative, right? Maybe you work with someone like that, that's just constantly negative, constantly like pointing out what's wrong in the situation, which I'm an optimist, which can sometimes go into like not living in reality. So I need realists. Do we have any realists in the room? There you go. I need y'all. But they're always, always just deconstructing, always deconstructing, always deconstructing. And, and I, I said to the staff member one day, like, criticism without a solution is, is true but useless. Have you ever heard of TBUs? True but useless, right? And so in this same way, like, is something TBU? Is it true but useless? Maybe. But we need to be reminded that in a Christian community, the Apostle Paul, and I think the Spirit is reminding us, to build each other up in Christ. And then lastly, uh, the Apostle Paul teaches us that members of the, as members of the Messianic kingdom, we are to accept each other with open arms. How can you embrace others into your life? How can you, see, how can you allow others to genuinely see you? Um, I'm a son of a pastor, right? So I learned at a young age how to fake my, my way through church. I learned that if I put on the right face, that if I do the right things at church, that I would be accepted or looked at as like an acceptable member of a Christian community. And even as I arrived to Theophilus, man, that, that need to feel like I had to put a face forward to be accepted in, even into this community, that, man, we are authentic, aren't we, right? We are raw, and I love it. And maybe that's someone here that sometimes, even in our small, awkward, beautiful community, 
that you feel like, man, what do I need to do to feel like I'm accepted here? I think I'm at least here to tell you, like, you are accepted, you are loved, God delights in you, and, and as members of this community, my prayer is that we continue to embrace all who would come into our doors, no matter what they look like, no matter how they speak, no matter uh, if they say the right things, because I was really good at saying the right things. I didn't even like believe in Jesus till later in life. May we be a people that accepts, that embraces, allow others to see you, allow others to know you, So as we are building a community of the Messiah, why are we called to do this? Really one reason, but it's a pretty good one. And it's a Sunday school answer, so. Because Christ did it all for us. He took our burden, he served humanity, he built up the church, and he accepted and accepts all who are to believe. May we encounter and meditate on the hope of the Messiah, Jesus. Don't leave the living in the living room. Allow yourself to live and soak in and embrace, not just on Sundays or whenever we have church things throughout the week, but throughout your life if it's at the store, if it's work, if it's school. It's an elementary concept to say I should uh, pray more, I should experience Jesus more consistently throughout my life. But my encouragement is that may we encounter and meditate on the hope of the Messiah Jesus. And may we take that hope that's imparted to us, which provokes us to serve one another for the glory of God. Maybe you're in three spots tonight, three different spots. Maybe you're over here. Maybe you need to be reminded and filled by the hope of the Messiah. Maybe you're right here and you need to allow the Spirit to speak to you and see how is the Spirit um, provoking me to serve our Christian community and serve others. Or maybe number three, the Holy Spirit is inviting you into professing the hope of the Messiah throughout your life. As I invite communion up, the communion team, and we come to a close, I will read St. Patrick's Breastplate Prayer. I encourage you to close your eyes or receive this prayer in whatever means you are provoked. Listen and ponder the words that were written centuries ago. He says, 
I arise today through a mighty strength. The invocation of the Trinity through belief and the threeness. Through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth with his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion with his burial, through the strength of his resurrection with his ascension, in the hope of the resurrection to meet with reward. I arise today through the strength of heaven, the light of the sun, the radiance of the moon, the splendor of fire, the speed of lightning, the swiftness of wind, the depth of the sea, the stability of the earth, the firmness of rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me. God's word to speak to me, God's hand to guard me, God's shield to protect me, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down. Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. As we approach the table of communion, Ponder how God is inviting you to be filled by the hope of the Messiah, filled by the hope of the Messiah, Christ Jesus. And as we're waiting in this season that doesn't make sense sometimes, awaiting his eventual return and reign, how he may be prompting you to serve one another and profess this hope. I want to invite you to join us in continuation of our worship, to join us for a meal afterwards downstairs. If you brought something to give in way of offering, please do so in the back on your way out. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present to you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 
To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace. You've been listening to the podcast of Theophilus Church. We hope you've been inspired and challenged by what you've heard. For more information, visit our website at theophiluschurch.com.